You are listening to the Promise Church's message of the week. This week, Pastor Jonathan shares his message titled, As Much As You Want. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. Good morning or afternoon. (laughs) I won't speak long with you uh, today. We're going to, in just a moment, have the worship team come back up and we're going to have communion together. I want to just share a few thoughts with you this morning that I, I believe will hopefully encourage you and inspire you to run to Jesus and experience all that he has for you. If you have your Bible, we're going to jump right in. We're going to jump into Mark 15. Mark 15, verse 37. This is the scene at the cross where Jesus fully gives his life for you and for me. Verse 37 says, With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. Hebrews 10, 16 speaks of what God prophesied in the Old Testament would come and be fulfilled through Jesus and what is available for you, to you and I today. Hebrews 10, 16, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I'll put my law in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened, or, uh, opened for us through the curtain that is his body. We just read that in Mark, the curtain torn from top to bottom. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us draw near to God. Today, the title for this brief message for you this morning is As Much As You Want. As Much As You Want. You can have as much of Jesus as you want. Through what Jesus did on the cross and shedding his blood and dying for you and giving his life fully for you, and in a sense, that veil being torn, which was his body, to open up a way for you to be into his presence and not die, you have access and have availability to have as much of God as you want. It's up to you. It's up to you. I remember, I grew up in the, uh, you know, I was born in the mid-80s, but really and essentially grew up, right, in the early to mid-90s. Can I get an amen? In that time, there was something that was a phenomenon that was taking place that changed my generation. It was called the all-you-can-eat buffet. I had grandparents on both sides of my family, my mom's side and my dad's side, that loved to take the family to the all-you-can-eat buffets. Sizzlers, Izzy's. Can I get an amen? I was raised by the all-you-can-eat buffet. There was nothing greater than going to these places and having plate after plate of food that you wanted. However much you wanted, you could have it. And I'll never forget not only doing that and way overeating, but then at the end, as if there was some space left in me, taking this bowl and going to the soft-serve ice cream center and just holding that lever down 
and tons and tons of ice cream, and then the sprinkles, and then the chocolate syrup, and the strawberry syrup, and then the gummy bears, and then the gummy worms. Can I get an amen? Some of you are like, I just did that yesterday. You're still in the 90s. And you're like, how are you not 500 pounds? You know, I had a high metabolism until about 30. Praise the Lord, and now wisdom has come. But you could eat as much as you wanted. You could eat as much as you wanted. And for us, as followers of Jesus, and really for all of humanity, we have access to as much of God as we want. The lack is not on us. Excuse me, the lack is not on him. It's on us. The scriptures tell us, in John 1.16, that from his fullness, he dispenses grace upon grace, or blessing after blessing from his grace. In John 3.34, it says he gives the Spirit without limit. Ephesians 1.3 says, praise be to God, our, our Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who blesses us in every spiritual blessing in Christ. The blessing is in Christ. The blessings are in him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. He is the blessing. Again, there is no lack on the giver, but on the receiver. It's up to us. How much of him do we want? Eric Gilmore says that the gospel is God offering his presence to mankind. This is the gospel, that God would offer his presence to be available to us to be in to be in. His presence is everywhere, all at the same time, all at once. What happens is, when we become aware of it, we actually think that it's here. Like Pastor Aaron was talking about during the end of our worship time, Jesus is in the room, and you might not know it. You may not feel it. You may not sense it, but that doesn't mean he's not here. But the moment that you become aware of his presence in the, in the room, in the place, all of a sudden, you begin to have it manifested, in a sense, in you or through you or on you. It's almost indescribable. I can feel God. What is this? This is insane. It's him. It's his presence. The the number one core value that we have here at the Promise Church is the presence of God. What does that mean? It's him. He is his presence. Well, what about the word, Pastor? I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you brought that up because I don't ever remember God saying that his word and his presence were two different things. When the presence of God came on the mountain to Moses in the cloud and the lightning and the thunder, he gave his law to Moses from his presence. When Jesus, the ultimate manifest presence of God, walked on this earth, he was the word made flesh. The best way to enjoy the word is in an awareness of his presence. Otherwise, it becomes a dead religious book that causes dead religious things to grow in us. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures thinking that by them you have life. Those scriptures point to me and you don't know me. We must have his presence. We must access his presence every day. He's to be our daily bread. He's to be our daily sustenance. He is to be the life that we live from. Man shall not live by bread alone, by natural sustenance alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is how we are to live. 
This is how we are to, to go through our lives. I have three quick points for you, three keys on experiencing the unlimited presence of God because it is to be an experience. It is to be tangible. It is to be an encounter moment. The Bible actually speaks of that, teaches that. Taste and see that the Lord is good. My sheep, those who follow me, will hear my voice. Your natural senses are to be an open door for you to experience the presence of God. So number one key, dependency. Dependency. You must know that you need him. And you must know that you need him every moment of every day. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden or burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This is what Jesus says to us. He invites us to come to him. That is not a one-time coming at salvation. It is meant to be daily and moment by moment. And if we are burdened down by the weight of this world, by stress, by fear, by anxiety, by depression, by feeling oppressed and burdened with life, then it's because we are not coming to him enough. To the degree that you come to him will be the degree that you are walking free in him. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. What does that mean? Freedom from self-rule. Freedom from being in charge of you. Because when you're not dependent on him, you have self-assurance, you have self-confidence, and you have self-sufficiency, which kills dependency, which kills humility. Jesus says, I am gentle, I am meek and humble in heart. When you have humility, it draws the two of you together in a beautiful collision. He is attracted to humility. Humility is the soil needed for the seed of God to germinate and grow and to bear fruit. If you don't think you need him, he won't come because you don't need him. But the moment you're desperate and you depend on him for everything and you have died to yourself and you have said, Jesus, I need you more than anything else, what happens? He comes. But we can't only come to him when we are in need, when there is a crisis, when there is a problem. We must know that we need him every moment of every day and depend on him for everything. If Jesus said, I only say what the Father tells me to say, I only do what I tell him to do, I can't do anything of myself, how much more do we need Jesus? Jesus says, if you abide in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And yet so often we choose to try to live our lives independent from him instead of dependent on him. Number two is discipline. If you are dependent on him and you know you need him, you will prioritize and structure your life in a way where it shows that where he is at the center of your life and you make decisions on a daily, moment-by-moment, practical level where you put him first. Where you, I, God, I need you. Okay, well, I, I, I need you so bad. I will do what I need to do to spend time with you. 
Mark, in Mark 1.35, it talked about Jesus waking up early before anyone else and going to an alone, solitary place to spend time with the Father. If Jesus needed to spend time with the Father, I think we need to as well. If we say we really need God, it will show in the discipline that is evident in our lives. People say, I don't have enough time to spend you know, time with God. 45 minutes with God? Are you kidding me? An hour with God? Are you kidding me? I don't have time for that. But somehow we all know all about the latest movies, TV shows, what's happening in the sports world, on the news. We know what's happening with all the celebrities and the, the latest gossip of the town. Like, we know that, but we won't make time for Jesus. 45 minutes to be with Jesus, but I'll watch five different episodes that are 45 minutes apiece on my favorite TV show on Netflix. Eric Gilmore says this, the truth is that what we do with our time is an uncomfortable exposing of our true spiritual state. Number three, delight. Delight. Here's another quote by our friend Eric Gilmore. You guys aren't gonna wanna miss this next weekend. It's gonna be really good. To be in love with Jesus means loving to be with him. Love causes delight to devour discipline. I don't view decisions I make to spend time with God as discipline because I look forward to it. I enjoy it. I want to do it. I wake up excited to spend time with Jesus. It is not an obligation. It is not something I feel like I have to do to fulfill my role or my, my job. Or well, I, I want to spend time with him. And you should too. He should be the delight and joy of your entire existence. You should want to wake up in the morning excited to be alive because you get to spend time with him. Psalms 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he, will be the, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Why? Why will he give you the desires of your heart when you delight in him? Because he will become your desire and therefore he will give you himself. And nothing else in this world will really be something that you crave or desire or, or pursue because you're pursuing him. And all of a sudden, all the other things you used to really want they fade in the background, and then he begins to bring them back to you. Because if he gave them to you too early, they would have destroyed you. You would have had no attention or time for him. But now you've given him your attention. You've given him your time. He's your delight, and now he can trust you with those things. In his presence is fullness of joy. He's to be our delight. He's to be our source of joy. And in just a moment, we're going to partake of communion. And in a sense, we're to remember what Jesus provided for us on that moment when that curtain was torn from top to bottom and his presence was made available for all of us. That was what took place. And now we can actually participate in his presence and be with him all the time. We can remember what he has done. We can celebrate what he has done. We can honor him in it. And we can receive the full benefits of the cross of what he has done. One of the best ways to have him be your delight, one of the best ways to be dependent on him and to make decisions in your life, to center your life on him, is by remembering. 
And Jesus said, whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And so we're gonna do that right now. If you could stand with me. The ushers are gonna begin to pass the bread and the juice. And our worship team is gonna lead us in a moment of worship as they're passed. And I, I just encourage you, put your eyes on him. Focus on him. Worship him. Let your heart open to him. If there's things in your life that you know have taken his place, if there's things in your life that come before him, this is a moment for you to surrender them. If you know that he is not your delight, if you know that the way you live your life does not show full dependence on him, begin to talk to him about it right now. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead. Let's just start worshiping him.